You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. As Russia launched its unprovoked attack on Ukraine last week, it also started a battle with American social media companies. Here's Rico Shereen Ghaffari. As this war started, these tech companies like Facebook and Twitter are moderating content that's on their platforms. And sometimes that goes against the interests of the Russian government. So on Friday, February 25th, Russia announced that it's going to restrict access to the estimated 70 million people who use Facebook in Russia. And it claimed that Facebook was restricting pro-Russian news sites and that that was a form of censorship. And that's why it would, in retaliation, essentially censor Facebook. But later that day, Meta pushed back and said that Russian authorities had ordered the company to stop independent fact-checking and labeling of content and that it would not be pushed by the Russian government to essentially stop fact-checking. On Saturday morning, Twitter also confirmed that its app is similarly being restricted for some people in Russia. And, you know, this is a big deal because, again, there are tens of millions of people in the country who are using these tools. And, you know, for them, Facebook and Twitter and these other social media platforms that are independent of the Russian government, that's been a really important place where they can share news about the attacks, like the real news. And it's where we're seeing people in Russia coordinating anti-war actions and protests. And there's been a lot of videos on Twitter, for example, of people in Moscow taking to the streets saying no to war. So Russia said that Meta slash Facebook was restricting pro-Russian news sites. And then Meta said that Russia was actually telling Facebook how to run its platform and to stop independent fact-checking. That's correct. Okay, so that was last week. What's happening now? Is Russia still restricting access to Meta and Facebook and Twitter? Yeah, it still is. And there's no indication that it's going to stop doing that anytime soon. And what restricting means is that essentially the Russian government has slowed down the apps like Facebook and Twitter. And so if you're in Moscow right now and you're trying to use Twitter, we're seeing reports that it's extremely slow or just not working. Same thing with Facebook. And so sometimes people's tweets or Facebook posts, it seems like are getting through, but it's not like using a normal app. And the Russian government essentially has the ability to just make these websites really hard to use. China has long done this. They have a great firewall that blocks, you know, basically all U.S. social media apps. And it seems that Russia is now heading in the same direction. So Russia is basically throttling these apps, making them unusable, not quite blocking them, but effectively. That's correct. Well, what do you do if you're in Meta or Twitter's shoes here? It's a really difficult situation. Yeah, it's a really tough predicament they're in because on the one hand, you know, these companies by and large have operated by the rules and regulations of the countries that they're in. So if they're in Germany, they're going to follow Germany's, you know, internet laws. If they're in Russia, for the most part, they've been following Russia's internet laws. 
But when a country like Russia starts becoming increasingly authoritarian and starting to censor what people are saying online about an ongoing war, that's when things can get really dicey. Because where should Meta and Twitter stand? Should they stand on the side of, you know, sort of protecting the free speech of people who may be posting images of war or dissent of this war in Russia? Or should they make concessions with the Russian government and maybe censor some of that content or not fact check totally misleading content? Because that's what the Russian government wants them to do in order to keep operating. And what are the stakes here? What could happen if Meta and Twitter refuse to do what Russia wants them to Well, besides, you know, the Kremlin being essentially able to boot them off the local internet entirely, these companies are also risking the safety of their local employees. Because although they are, you know, American-based companies, they do have international staff. And there's actually a new law in Russia going into place that will force these major tech companies to have significant staff that, you know, could essentially be used sort of like hostages in these kinds of issues, right? Wow. Is there a precedent for this? Has this happened before? It has. So in the past, the Russian government has threatened to arrest employees of Google and Apple. And that was last September when supporters of Alexei Navalny, if you remember, he's a Russian opposition leader. He's currently imprisoned and his supporters had made an app to help people vote. And the Russian government threatened to, again, arrest Apple and Google employees if they did not take down this app from their stores. So Apple and Google actually went ahead and deleted the app. Wow. Sounds like we could be seeing the beginning of the end of the open internet in Russia, although I wonder how open it was even before this conflict. Yeah, you know, there's no simple solution to this standoff. And these companies have always kind of operated in a form of a fractured internet because they're following different rules in the different places they're in. But at the end of the day, we've still kind of taken it for granted that someone in Russia can go on Twitter or Facebook and have the same experience as someone in the U.S. Now, you know, the way things are going in Russia, this could have big implications for the future of the Internet. There have been flare-ups in the past where the Russian government has pressured companies like Twitter to take down content that it didn't agree with for political reasons. And when Twitter refused, you know, Russia slowed Twitter down, but then eventually Russian government let Twitter back up again. This time, it seems like the consequences could be more extreme. The fact that they're blocking both Facebook and Twitter at the same time, and just the fact that this war is getting so heated, this could have more lasting implications for the internet and essentially make it so that Russia becomes more walled off and isolated from the rest of the world online. There have been people who have said that if Russia had less access to the internet, this would make it a harder war for Russia to fight and that that would help supporters of democracy in Ukraine. But I actually talked to a lot of politicians and online speech experts who said that they want social media platforms to remain operating in Russia to some extent, because that is one of the few places where people can openly talk about being against the war in Russia. It's a lot harder to say that on Russian state media, let's say, or on you know Russian social media apps that are more heavily censored and controlled by the Russian government. Famous people in Russia and sort of people who have real influence who are using Instagram uh, in particular as a place where they're announcing that they're actually against the war, which remember the consequences of that are huge in Russia. It's not easy. There are political repercussions for going and saying you're against the war. But we saw a popular St. Petersburg based rapper actually cancel his concert and post an anti-war message to his 2 million plus Instagram followers. Но Украина не вторглась на территорию России. Это Россия прямо сейчас 
бомбить суверенное государство. We also have seen actual children of Russian state oligarchs and, you know, political leaders. We're seeing this younger generation come out, and even though their family may have ties to the powers that be in Russia, they're going against that and saying, no, we're actually against this war. So that's been really interesting to see play out on Instagram in particular. And of course, the other side to this is misinformation that maybe the Russian government is putting out there. You mentioned earlier that there's a lot of pressure on social media companies to stay on top of misinformation. What have the companies committed to when it comes to moderation? And do you feel like it's working? Yeah, so the Russian government is notoriously famous for using social media to manipulate public opinion in its favor. And if you think back to the 2016 elections, we had these you know, Russian state-sponsored troll farms going out and trying to spread politically divisive messages to influence what was happening here in the U.S. And we are seeing some of the same kind of tactics they're trying to do here, spreading false information. And again, it's hard to say exactly where this is coming from, but many people suspect it is tied to the Russian state government. And Facebook has taken down um, some of these like disinformation campaigns. But we're also seeing a lot of misinfo just coming straight from you know, Russian state media. In particular, there's this channel RT, Russia Today, and they are putting out a news article saying things like the leaders in the Ukrainian government are neo-Nazis and so forth. So there's been pressure on Twitter, Facebook, and Google to limit Russian state media like RT or to at least label it. And we are seeing that happen in the past few days. And this is pretty significant because it's something that the platforms have long resisted. They've sort of let RT operate for many years, even though it's been controversial and, you know, in the name of kind of free speech. But now with the the stakes so high and the pressure intensifying, they've all blocked RT in Europe and they've stopped RT from making money from essentially advertising. Um, And there are calls for them to go further and like block RT in Russia itself. But that would have obvious increased repercussions from the Russian government, most likely. And in the midst of all this, What are we hearing from Ukrainians or the Ukraine government? Are there calls for tech companies to do more? Yes, there are more calls specifically from the Ukrainian government. And there's a vice prime minister, Mikhailo Fedorov. He is going out there on Twitter and publicly appealing to all the major tech companies. So that's Apple, Google, you name it, to essentially stop all their services from being available in Russia and saying that's a way to sort of disempower the Russian government. It seems like, you know, his plea has had some effect because Apple did go ahead and pause the sale of iPhones and all other products inside Russia. And it's going to stop exports into the country in response to the invasion. And that is pretty unprecedented big news. Well, Shireen, it's increasingly clear that social media will be a key battleground in this conflict. But there's one company that we haven't talked about, namely because it's not an American company, and that's TikTok. That's right. So many of us don't think of TikTok as a particularly political place, but it actually is being used to spread a lot of videos showing what's happening out in Russia, Ukraine, and also just political messages on support of either side. And, you know, TikTok actually has gone ahead and taken some similar actions to Twitter, Facebook, and Google in that it has restricted access to Russia today in Europe. And we'll see if they do more. All right, Jean. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Today's episode was produced by Taylor Macon. The mix is by Melissa Ponce from Hemlock Creek Productions, and I'm Adam Clark Estes. Thanks for listening.